0: and best friend on this journey through boutique land. This week, we're going to talk about ways you're losing money in your boutique business, which I don't laugh lightly about because I know that this is a serious topic when it comes to talking about your boutique, but I want to take it lightly because at the same time, this is an exercise in mindset overall. I want to also make sure that you know you can always find me in a few other places, right? This is just one vehicle where I teach and train. You can also find me over on my Facebook page at Stylish and Successful, just Type that right in the search bar on Facebook. You'll find me there. You can also find me in my Facebook group called the Fashion Truck Tribe. Now, is it just for people who have mobile boutiques? No, not at all. It's named that because that was my first business, the Fashion Truck and so it's just kind of like my tribe of boutique owners. And in there, it's a great community of other boutique owners, future boutique owners, and lots of direct sales fashion owners as well. So I invite you to join me over there. I invite you to join me on my Facebook page where I do lots of Facebook Lives with great trainings. And you can also find a lot of those trainings up on my YouTube channel if you just search for Emily Benson. You should be able to find me. All right, now on to places you're losing money in your boutique business. And I said, these are hidden ways because so often when I start working with a client one-on-one, what happens is literally after they sign on with me, I say, give me all your numbers especially if they've been in business for a while now. Most of my one-on-one clients have been in business at least a year, if not two, three, four, five, ten years. And so for me, it's awesome because I have this superpower in where I can look at people's numbers for their business and see through the numbers To where they might be losing money where they might be giving money away or they're just like leaving money on the table. All those things are just ways that we are not living up to our potential in our business. And so one of the biggest ways I see so many boutique owners losing money is straight up in their initial margin. I've talked about this, I feel like about a zillion times, but I'm going to keep discussing it because it's so important. Listen, the only place you make money in your business is selling items. So what that means is that you need to make sure when you are out there scouting for products that you are only buying things where you can get a high initial margin on them. Okay, so what is initial margin? The initial margin is the difference between the wholesale and the retail when you very first bring it into your store. Now, if you have a direct selling business, this is going to be a little bit harder because those are mostly set by your distributor. However, if you own a boutique, the deal is, is you need to be between a 60 and a 75% initial margin. That's, like I said, when you bring it in. Because what happens is over time, you're going to have to mark things down. You're going to want to run sales. And so if your initial margin isn't high enough, then at the end of the day, you're going to end up being below 55% margin, which 55% margin is where you need to be like overall for your year to be profitable. Ooh, pretty good, huh? I just gave you some really good advice, really good free advice. So that's the math, okay? And I've had so many women want to fight with me on this, and I'm just like over it because math doesn't lie. So if you want to fight with me about the fact that your initial margin needs to be in that 60 to 75% range, then I'll see you on the other side of your closed business. And listen, that's not me being mean, that's me being real, okay? I have over 13 years experience doing this, running multi-million dollar businesses where my initial margin, guys, had to be at an 80%. So for me to sit here and tell you you need to be between 60 and 75% is even kind of low. It didn't matter which corporate retail company I worked at, we were always above at least a 70% margin because they knew that we were gonna need to mark things down at the end of the season or as the season went through, Out. So you need to protect that initial margin because that's what allows you to really run your business properly in a way where you make money. Now, if you're saying to me, Emily, I don't need the money, I'm good, then do whatever you want. How are you gonna get that initial margin high? What I always advise people to do, and this entire outline and format is in my book, the ultimate boutique handbook, available on Amazon. All of this is in there. I always advise people to have a retail price structure and where they outline Everything they're going to sell, you write down dresses, skirts, tops, necklaces, earrings. And next to that, you write down what you feel like your ideal customer will pay for it at retail. Then you can work backwards. So when you go to shows, when you're on the hunt for great merchandise, all you have to do is have that retail price structure in front of you and say, all right, I love that dress, but you know what? It's triple the price that my customer would pay for it, and so I can't buy it. If you don't have a plan, then you're planning to fail. And so by having that retail price structure, guess what? You have a plan. It's so important to go in with a plan because if you've ever been to a trade show, I mean, I love shopping just as much as you do, but those trade shows wear me out. I used to have to like take a nice long lunch. I wore sneakers, Obviously cute ones, but like there need to be some good footwear involved, lots of water, a little bit of coffee. It's exhausting. So if you're walking through the show and you're so tired, then you're not going to be on point to make good decisions. So make sure you have that plan there with you and know what prices you need to pay. The other thing I want to do a gut check here with on your initial margin is that you may need to check in with your mindset. I find so many women are just not charging enough for their goods. They're underpricing themselves, and they always seem to have an excuse for it. They're like, my store is in a really small town, so people in my small town won't pay what you think they'll pay. And I'm like, well, have you tried? Inevitably, the answer is no. When you make the excuse that people won't pay what you deserve to be paid, then, again, you're planning to fail. If you decide that, oh, I live in a small town and so people don't want to pay this, guess what? There's people from outside your town that are going to come shop with you. I think you'd be surprised that more often than not, women in your town will pay the prices that you charge because they see the value in what you do and they see the value in your clothes. I need to stress this like 10 times over. Stop making excuses for not charging enough because it's a mindset play It's you saying, I'm not worthy of charging what I need to charge. And in my book, that is not what a powerhouse businesswoman like you would do. So own up to what you need to charge. Make sure that your margins are on point. And if you can't do that, then I'm going to be really sad to see you go out of business. If you're saying, Emily, my margin's on point. I got you. Let's move on to the second one, okay? This is something that plagues a lot of women. I see boutique owners giving too many discounts. Seriously, too many discounts. And what do I mean by discounts? I mean when your cousin comes into shop and they're like, oh, can you like give me – can I just get like 10% off on this? And you give it to them. Or someone comes in with a coupon from like a year ago that's expired And they're like, but, you know, I just, I have been so busy. I haven't been able to come in. Can you just honor this coupon? And you say yes. Or maybe someone sees you're running a discount in your store, but it's not applicable online. But online, they write you an email and they say, well, I know it's running in your store. Can't you just honor it for me online? And you're like, yes. Okay. No is a full sentence number 1. And every little discount that you give adds up. This is what happens is that over the course of the year you constantly give these little discounts here and there, and by the end of the year, you've given away like $5,000. Seriously, check yourself before you wreck yourself on discounts, okay? They will be something that is so hidden because you decided to say yes and you wanted to be nice and you wanted to be the A super fun business owner. But guess what? Doing that is going to crush you. That extra $5,000 could have, I don't know, paid off your credit card or sent you on a vacation or bought you part of a new car for a down payment. Like, I don't know what your dreams are, but what I know is that that $5,000 could be in your pocket. And it's okay to say no. You're running a business, okay? Let me tell you, if you asked a guy if they would give those discounts, I guarantee they'd be like, no. But we as women have this thing where we're like, oh, we want to be nice and we want to make sure that people think that we're being fair and all this stuff. Listen. In business, what's fair is you getting paid for the amount of work and energy that you put into your business. Period, bottom line. So, stop giving discounts when people ask for them. The other thing I want to check in with you on in terms of discounts is when you have women host parties for you. So, this could be a direct selling thing, this could be a mobile boutique thing, this could, this could even be a brick and mortar thing if you have groups come in and you have a hostess, anytime you have a hostess, you should be giving them some sort of incentive to host a party, right? But I want to check in because I find that a lot of women again are giving away a lot of money to that hostess or they're giving away a lot of money to that whole group and you don't need to do that, okay? A hostess is always someone who's like on your side. They absolutely love you. They are taking the time to invite their friends and have a real VIP experience. They get to be the cool one in all their friends to host this party. So I want to make sure that you're not giving too big of a discount, right? It should always be a sliding scale based on how much the sales were. And I believe very strongly that the hostess should get either a free gift plus a discount off their purchase or really just a discount off their purchase. I found that a lot of women are giving away like bucks or cash or some sort of gift certificate, like some kind of value that I'm worried that They can't afford. I've heard that some boutique owners are giving away like $50, $100, $200 to a woman who hosted a party. And while that's super generous, I also need you to do a gut check if that's you and you're saying, oh my God, I do that. I need you to do a gut check and make sure that you can afford that. Because if you're hosting 15, 20, 30 parties a year and you're giving away $50 to $100 at all these parties, again, that adds up. So please make sure you can afford the discounts that you are giving to the people who do do something for you, right? They are bringing you business. This is something you should obviously reward, but you just don't need to be overly generous with them, okay? You can be nice, but you don't have to like give away the store. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by the Boost Your Boutique Workshop, Dallas. Are you ready to take your business to the next level by learning how to have a sustainable, profitable business model? On June 13th from 2 to 5 p.m. in Dallas, Texas, I am going to walk you through how to manage your cash flow, get free marketing, and bust through any money and success blocks that you feel are standing in the way between you and your dream fashion business. The Booster Boutique Workshop is open to anyone who has a fashion-based business, whether you are a direct seller, you have a boutique, or you're a product manufacturer. You are going to leave on June 13th feeling amazing, ready to take on the world, and crush it in your boutique business. And you can find out more information at bit.ly bybdallas17. The third way that you are losing money in your boutique business is that you're running too many sales. There, I said it. You're running too many sales or the sales that you're running are like deep, deep, deep discounts. Okay, that's not a strategy. There's no strategy in retail where you run a sale every two weeks or every weekend there's 20% off or free shipping. Like You've got to chill on the sales. They need to be planned, they need to be specific, and they need to be for a purpose. If you're running sales because you need to get through some inventory, then the problem is not your inventory. The problem is that you're not doing what's called a markdown. So The way that I teach is that you should be marking things down throughout the year and then having very specific planned sales either at the end of the season or for specific holidays like a Black Friday situation. What are markdowns? They're different. (laughs) They're different than sales. Markdowns are more of a strategy than a solution. Markdowns are how you move through merchandise throughout the year. So when I say markdowns, what does that mean? It means that let's say you get in a blue shirt and you get six of it in, you get two smalls, two mediums, two larges. Well, in your store, smalls sell out fast and then mediums sell out next fast and you always seem to have these larges left around. Now, what I find is that most boutique owners will let those large blue shirts sit around on the rack at full price for months. Maybe you get it in October It's still sitting there in January. That's a big problem. (laughs) Once you start to see that a style is selling down, you need to start taking markdowns on that item. So again, if let's say you get that blue shirt in October week one. By October week three, if you've sold through half or three quarters of that merchandise, right? Let's say you sold all your smalls, all your mediums, and you have two larges sitting there. Those two larges need to get marked down. How much do they need to get marked down? I'd say between 20 and 30%. And what does that mean? You just cross the ticket price out and you rate the new ticket price on it at 30% off. Okay? Don't make people do the math. Just write the darn price there. If you can do that consistently on all your items, here's what's going to happen. When you do run a sale at the end of the season, it's going to be very particular and there's not going to be a lot in there. I find that so many boutique owners are like, oh, we're doing these huge blowout sales at the end of the season with all this merchandise. And I'm like, well, that's because you didn't mark anything down throughout the season. That's not a strategy. Again, if you don't understand this concept of marking down, I go really deep into it in my book and I give you my entire markdown strategy that I've used in every corporate retail situation that I've ever been in. So grab the book. It's available on Amazon for $9.99. The Ultimate Boutique Handbook. Okay, the last place that you are losing money in your boutique business and you're not seeing it is charity. All of the women I tend to work with and attract are heart-centered women. They love to help other people, whether it's their family, whether it's people in need. And I find that because they're so heart-centered – they end up giving all their money away to charity each month, and it becomes a problem. So I am not saying that you should ever stop giving away to charity. What I really want to encourage you to do is design a charity program and put some limits on yourself. So what does that look like? Well, first of all, I want you to decide, are you going to donate to any charity? Are you going to have limits? Like, Do you have a charity that you really, really care about and that's going to be your charity forever or for a year or maybe you do monthly charities that you donate to? That's something to think about, right? What is your personal belief on on giving money as a philanthropist? That's the first thing to decide. The second thing to decide in your charity program or your philanthropy program, we'll call it is how much you're going to donate each month. I don't see women putting limits on this. You can do this two ways. You can decide that it's going to be a monthly limit, which I find is what most corporate retailers do. They say, okay, we have either a monthly or a quarterly budget, and that's how much we give away, depending on who comes to us to ask for money. Or you could say that you're going to do a certain percentage of sales, a certain percentage of sales at an event up to X amount. Again, it's all about putting the limits on how much you're going to give away because really, guys, at the end of the day, you need that money to run your business. So if you're going to give away all your money to charity, then like win the lottery and become a full-time philanthropist. It's like it's not possible. What happens when you put this limit on how much you donate is that on May 30th, when Someone comes knocking or walking into your door and saying, hey, we need money for Girl Scouts. You can say, oh, you know what? We are tapped out this month. We have hit our monthly budget. Can you come back next month? Because we have room for you next month. Again, it's all about putting the limits on it. It's not saying that you're going to say no. It's You're going to say, well, we can, but what is your policy. The last thing you want to think about in this whole scope of being an amazing philanthropist is how you're going to pay your charities and by when. And I find that in a lot of cases, people who need money for their cause will say like, oh my God, well, I need the money by like the end of the week. <sighs> and then they come to you and they're like, hey, can you just like write me a check right now? Or like, oh my gosh, we need you to donate something, the things tomorrow. And you end up being like, okay. Um, okay, like running around, sending your check, like making sure it gets places on time. And you're doing these people a favor, okay? So if you're going to do a charity event, what I'd love for you to do is just be very upfront with the person who's hosting or with the charity that you're working with and say, listen, After we do an event, it's 15 days after the event that we send you the check. Because really also, you've got to think about that if you're taking mostly credit card sales or maybe it's something that's based around, let's just say it's based around an event that you're hosting, you know that your credit card sales might not hit for up to four days in your bank account. So like you're going to end up putting that money out before you can even get it in your bank account, which seems kind of silly because then it's not really – Based on the sales, right? It's not like pulling from that actual pool of money. Be really upfront if you want to with events like that. Say, you know, up to 10 days after you host the event, you'll get a check in the mail. Or you can come by and pick up a check within four days of having your event. Something like that. Again, you want to basically write a charity policy for your store. So if someone new came into your store, they know exactly what your guidelines were. So the big things you want to think about when you design your philanthropy program for your store is what kind of charities do you work with? What's the monthly limit? What's the event limit that you pay out to these charities? And how you'll pay them, and by when will you pay them. Those are the big things that you need to think about. Again, I am not saying that you should not give away money to charity. What I'm saying is that you need to pay yourself first and make sure that the house is taken care of before you go and give away a bunch of money. Because I have literally seen businesses go out of business, retail stores, I have seen this happen, I've seen retail stores go out of business because they have given away too much money to charity. And there was other things involved. You know, they weren't charging enough. They didn't have good traffic. But at the same time, they weren't concerned about paying themselves first and making sure the house, the store was taken care of. So please put yourself first, make sure that you understand how much you need to survive each month and thrive, frankly, before you start giving away cash left and right. Let me just go back and review the top hidden ways you're losing money in your boutique business. So, number one is your initial margin. Please make sure you're charging enough. Please make sure your margin is wide enough. You need to survive. That is my goal for you and everything I do. So, please, that is the easiest place to go back and find some money. Two is you're giving too many discounts. Just listen no is a full sentence. I say that all the time, and I mean it. You don't have to give an excuse. It's just, no, we can't do that. The next thing is differentiating between sales and markdowns, making sure you're marking down throughout the year so that you're moving through inventory and you're not taking a big hit on that end of the year, end of the season sale. Lastly is that charity program. Make sure, please, please, that you have limits on any charity that you have decided to support. Just make sure you have some rules around it. That's all. Thanks so much for joining me. Here's to making lots of friends and making lots of money. Did you love this episode as much as I did? Head over to iTunes and rate and review the Boost Your Boutique podcast so more amazing and creative boutique owners like you can find out about it. And don't forget, head over to BoostYourBoutique.com to learn more.